Hello, my name is Maggie Taggart. I'm a broadcast journalist and I was BBC Northern Ireland's education correspondent for 20 years. Now I've linked up with the Equality Commission for a series of podcasts on tackling educational inequalities. We'll be looking at the problems and also the innovative ideas to deal with them. Today I'm talking to Betty Carlisle from the Women's Centre in the Shankill area of Belfast and she's brought along Joan Mercer who works there and who's also benefited from the work that it does. Now Betty, I know you've been long associated with the Women's Centre, is it 30 years? Mm-hmm. And this series is about inequalities and underachievement. So how big is the problem in that area? Oh, the problem's massive and I have been involved, you're right, for 30 years and I'm seeing the same problem. We don't seem to be... We don't seem to be getting on top of it in terms of educational underachievement, um, particularly, I'm talking particularly in the Shankill area. We work with mainly mothers and children. We work with some school-age girls who come from the girls' model, but we have a wraparound service because we feel that it's not just about schools, it's about the family, the house, how our children are treated in the house when they're at school. Have they got room to do homework, the thing, the usual things? Some of the parents are not confident enough to help with homeworks. So we try to do a wraparound service and educate particularly the mothers. We do do some um, courses, which Joan will tell you about, with meals, which I'd like to do a bit more of, but we don't do them in the centre. We do them in another building. But we feel that, I suppose, we're doing our part in terms of mother or carers and we give them the opportunity to be educated and all the barriers that come with that we try to get over. It's very disheartening for you and for people to hear that it hasn't really improved. Why do you think that is? I mean, what is stopping people going for education and seeing the benefits of it? Well, I suppose when I say it hasn't really improved, it's it's improved slightly. Um, I don't know the figures or the statistics around educational underachievement in the schools but I know that we are still coming across the same problems with women um, that we did years ago and that's about the barriers it's about childcare needing childcare in in order to do stuff because they're the main carers it's about travel it's about time even time management time poverty if they have two children they can't get to be in one place to pick one up in another place we try to get around all that but a lot of the women that come into our centre too, they've no confidence. The confidence levels are still very, very low. And we have to start off at a very basic level with um, women from our area to try and progress them up. Now we've done it and there has been some great successes, but I suppose not as much as, as what we would have liked. And does that lack of confidence among the women, do you think, go back to their own school days? Yeah. And not even, I mean, I came through the centre myself as well, 30 years ago. So I was the same. I mean, I left school with no qualifications and went back. And the, the women's centre was part of my going back to education. And you're not a bit shy now? No. <laughs> <laughs> After 30 years, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> so there's that impetus now from your centre. So how, how much effort do you have to put into getting the women to, to see education? And, and then that, the way that helps their children? Um, Well, I think once they're educated and they have knowledge, it gives them choices. So therefore, the choices they make within the home is usually more positive than what they would normally be. We always say educate a woman and educate a family. So anything that she's learning, she's going and passing that on to her spouse or 
her relatives around her, her children, everything else. So I think that it's a sort of a, a knock-on effect, a progression that we try to put them through. So it doesn't just affect them as an individual, it affects everybody around them. Lots more to talk about in the Women's Centre, but let me just ask Joan Mercer, first of all, about your journey, because you, you were helped greatly by the activities of the Women's Centre. 100%. Over 20 years ago, um, I came into the Women's Centre needing something else in my life, um, not knowing quite what it was, but knew it needed to be educational because I came out of school again with um, very little educational attainment, but I knew I had a lot to give. So I started off very basically with personal development and that built my confidence and then I was able to go on and do other loads of small as I soft skill courses to build confidence and then actually started going and done a women's study which was a access course to university went to university and then I'm giving back to the centre now through what I came through and, and can tell the story look this is what's achievable and I'm not the only one there's loads of success stories has, has uh, done exactly the same thing come in low self-esteem low um, confidence and built themselves up you can achieve this through hard work of course now and, and years but it, it can be achieved you know. I know you're not a psychoanalyst, but can you go back and explain what it was in you that created that lack of confidence? Um, to be honest, I think it was just where I was from uh, and the, the situation. I, I came from Ballysellon, went to the girls model, come out of school with no education, but went straight into employment. Never thought education was available to me at a third level. And that probably just came from my background and no, you're going to work sort of thing education is not for you and then it was never said but it was just one of those things it was you weren't expected to do just get out and, and work but that's my story because I'm a lot older but I see in the young ones today their confidence they wouldn't even dream of going to um, third level education they just well, no that's not for me no no way I could do that they just wouldn't see that as a possibility and how do you change their minds? Oh, small steps, but we get there. We build their confidence very slowly. Again, the personal development that we offer, the wraparound services, the help with the childcare, the support, one-to-one -one mentoring, showing them there's another road. And it may not be educational attainment, maybe through a skills, but once they're in the door, and I'm just going to go back to a story recently. We have a girl in at the minute who's in her 40s who can't read or write. And she has just started last year uh, COVID um, online courses, soft skill courses, and now she's in doing essential maths and English and just loving life. Can't get enough, it's just got that hunger. So if we could get that younger, you, you're going to get a lot more success. Not saying at 40 is not <laughs> a success story, but that's just one of our um, stories at the minute. There's hundreds of them. And Betty, looking a bit at your background, you also started off in a factory. Mm -hmm. and then went on to education. Yeah. Again, like Joan, I was from the Woodfield area of the Shankill and one of the sort of traditional things was I was the youngest of nine. So one of the things was, right, you get out of school and you get to work and you bring money into the house. That's just the way it was then. Um, Even as the youngest, when you had lots I, of older I, siblings? I was spoilt. I was the child. <laughs> I was spoilt rotten. Having said that, I still had to go out to work. And in those days, you left school on a Friday and went down to Gallagher's Tobacco Factory on a Monday, which was what I did. 
but I had a hunger as well, as Joan mentioned there, and I knew that I wasn't going to be in that factory for the rest of my life. So I started making changes and that started off with night classes and the women's centre then when, when it opened, um, they were able to help me with childcare with my young son because I was going through a divorce at the time as well. So I got all that support, that service, that peer support was really, really important because I wouldn't, I wouldn't even have been confident enough then to travel over to Biffy as it was at the time. So the Women's Centre was a lovely wraparound supportive service for me, which also helped me with childcare. And looking at the situation with COVID and lockdown and people having to homeschool their children, how did the women cope with that in your area? Well, most of the, the, the mothers just, I think they just did what they could do, to be honest. We have a young mothers group and we supported them through phone calls, through garden visits. We actually thought about them rather than the children because the children were actually getting enough. But we delivered out pamper packs for them. So to say that you're valued and you're doing really good work. I went on a couple of the Zooms that they had and we had such a laugh. It was it was good even doing crafts at Christmas. So it was it was more the supportive role and letting them know that there were still people there for them. We did that throughout our, all our projects, throughout education, health and wellbeing, the young women and a women's network that we have. So we kept in contact to say we're still here, although it's all computerised um, or it's on the phone or it's starting at the end of your garden, we're still here for you. And did you find that the pressure was more on the, the, the mothers, the grandmothers, the aunties, rather than the men in the family? Absolutely. Particularly in the family, now I have to state here that within our area, um, in the Greater Shankill area, the, the males really stepped up to the mark. They were out delivering food parcels, getting people what they wanted, getting groceries. But it still didn't stop the fact that women were the ones that were doing the, the education. They were still the carers, particularly of children and of maybe older people who were um, on their own, you know, um, and they were being carers. I mean, we don't deal with it, but then the domestic violence situation came up. So that was happening more about lockdown with people being stuck in the house together, that sort of thing. So I think women had a lot on their shoulders. And although I don't want to say that, that men didn't do anything, but um, because in our area, I remember seeing them and they were very good. But women did bear the brunt off it. Yeah. Also, they, the, the women were the backbone of the community then, out doing the work and still having to come home and do the homeschooling as well. So they were juggling everything. So you have your cleaners and your supermarket workers. They, they didn't. They weren't mostly isolating. So that's where it was a double jeopardy for them as well because they were still asked to be um, homeschooling and doing the their work as well. So it was quite hard. Plus, we, we were able to access... Um, funding through a few different funders to um, give out um, tablets to families that um, maybe had four or five children and they all needed a tablet each to do their homework and that was quite hard so um, a small pocket of funding um, through a, a, one of our suppliers that we use was brilliant a few other funders near the end were able to give out tablets to help with the homeschooling and work just simply because four children in the house if there was two doing GCSEs and two doing um, P6, P7 work that's quite, that was quite a lot so we were able to help that way. And do I understand that you're actually also including men into some of your courses? Just a few. 
um, and that was really because of demand. We had men coming in who had maybe lost their jobs and said, you know, we don't want to be sitting about the house. We want to be doing something. And this was years ago, actually. So we do a few things like the CSR card, that's a construction card. They need this card to go on to building sites and um, security. Manual handling, Manual handling door like security, that. anything that will get them directly into employment. We we sort of try and provide those courses rather than. But we have we have a couple of buildings, so usually it's over an Easter time when the women aren't in, and we use another building for it, so that the women's centre remains women only. Do you ever look at the whole situation and and the women's centre and think why is it always women? who have to be helped here? Yeah, all the time. Although I do believe males have to be helped too. I would love nothing else but to see a men's centre open and go on and use our model, you know, an educational model rather than a snooker table and a dartboard. But I mean, the women's centre is where my heart lies. So yeah, I think it's probably more needed for women and, and especially in terms of thought equality and bringing them up to be equal, give them more life choices and more opportunities. And do you have much connection with the local schools? Our Young Women's Project, they would go into the girls' model in the area and do what's called a life skills programme, and that includes unplanned teenage pregnancy. So we go in there and we do sort of a whole life skills course. We also have found a lot of young girls who haven't got the grades they want or haven't passed, I still call them O-levels, GCSEs, aren't they? They come to us and the girls' model actually refer them. It was one of the things that I was talking, we have a, a young girl working for us now and she fe feels as if she's only left school, although she's 22. But I said to her, is there anything that we could do prior to this, you know, and trying to think about things, could we put on extra study or something for them? Because I don't know why. And she was telling me that she fe feels it's a school environment once they get to that age and they're treated differently. So I don't know, but that's something that we're sort of looking at towards the future. Uh, both of you have had great success stories to tell about yourselves. So let me ask you, is there anything that you would now say to your younger self, Joan, first of all? Um, definitely seek out confidence building. For me, take the chance, believe in yourself, because a lot of it was um, sort of self-denial. Oh, no, I couldn't do that. Who do I think I am to do that? So um, to me, it would be about feel the fear and do it anyway. And Betty, what would you say to your younger Betty? I suppose I would say to myself, get educated. I think that's one of my regrets in life. And it's a mixture of things. At, at that time and at that age I was, we were very much in the heart of the conflict. And I remember being at school and actually having a, a scene all over town. We could, we were up high and we could see, and an example being Bloody Friday, when we, we just were able to watch bombs going off. And then we were taken out of school, the school closed. And so there was a lot of that, a lot of the conflict around that as well, that I feel interrupted my education. But I would definitely say to myself, make sure you get educated. I love being educated now. I mean, I, I love learning and every day is really a school day for me, you know. Thank you both very much. That's been fascinating listening to that. Good luck with the future challenges for the Women's Centre on the Shanko. Well, the, one of the challenges is that we're in the process of building a new brand spanking new Fit for Purpose Women's Centre. We've been able to get five and a half million off peace monies. So we are building a new centre to 
be able to increase our work and to be able to do more cross-community work because we're building it near the Peace Line and we're really looking forward to that ahead office and working with many, many more women. Betty and Joan, thank you for talking to us today. If you're interested in the topics we've been discussing, this is one of a series of podcasts from the Equality Commission dealing with educational inequalities. You can find them all on the Equality Commission's website.